0: It's great that we're all here. Um, I'm not going to talk for too long um, because I have a video I want to show, and I think it can say um, our message quite better than I can. Um, but I have a wee bit that I just want to share. Um, uh, there are notebooks in your. Uh, You're right there. Just rearrange the room, why don't you? yeah, Yep. Okay. Um, so I don't know if Grace uh, mentioned it or not, but um, we're recording all the talks. Okay. So um, if you go home. Um, and you think you want to hear something again, then you can go onto the website and listen to them. Um, Obviously not Monday morning, because you know, we'll all be sleeping. Um, But you know, in a couple of weeks time, they'll all be there. Um, And you'll be able to hear them all back. You'll be able to hear most of the seminars back as well. So it means that if you didn't get to a seminar and you really wanted to hear it, uh, that you can go on um, and do that as well. Um, Okay, so tonight, oh wait, that's what I was gonna tell you. So in your repack, there are notebooks, Please feel free to, um, you know, make notes. Uh, what I say, um, you know, what I say is coming from Jesus, so uh, you know it's kind of important. Uh, so please do feel free to note it down. So tonight uh, we're going to open up with our first session, and we're calling it "In the Kitchen." Okay? Um, it might be a wee bit of a random uh, topic, um, but hopefully you'll, you'll begin to understand as we go through the weekend uh, where we're going with this and what the uh, different shape of the weekend is. So first of all, it's great that you're all here. It's great to see you all. I know that some of you. Um, took a little bit of persuading uh, <laughs> to get here, but you're here. Um, so I just wanted to start by sharing a wee bit of sort of how I'm feeling. Um, so I am really excited um, about this weekend. I have been, obviously since we first announced it, but especially the last two weeks as I've actually started to prepare uh, for it and do things. Um, and especially in the last Day when I started to write the talks that I'm doing. Um, don't ever follow my example um, in that one. And for those of you listening at home that are in charge of employing me, that was weeks ago um, that I started writing, not yesterday. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I believe really strongly uh, that God has a great plan and purpose um, for us here this weekend. I don't believe in coincidences, so I don't believe that any of you are here by accident. I believe that every single one of you um, is meant to be here and that God wants to share Um, and say something to each of you, um, if you're willing to listen. Um, I was sharing with some leaders during the week on Sunday. um, I was praying for the weekend, and the whole time I've been praying, uh, I really felt God just saying that he has something amazing planned for us this weekend, that there's a real sense of something bubbling up, okay, so that he is going to do something uh, this weekend with you guys, and I'm really excited um, to see what that's going to look like. I am one of those people who talk to Jesus, uh, and Jesus talks to me. I know that some people look at me and think I've got two heads when I say that, but you know what, build a bridge, Um, it happens. Um, And God is here, and he he is willing to talk to all of us as well. Um, This weekend, as I say, I believe God is going to do great things. Um, I'm a great Holy Spirit believer as well, Um, and I, I really do believe that the Holy Spirit was here before us, and he will be here after us. Um, and that he's going to do a great um, work here. Um, when I was here in December, uh, seeing the place, it obviously looked very different because it was really, really wet and horrible on Monday. Um, and before I left, I walked around and just prayed that that God would start to prepare um, this place for us to come. That He would um, prepare in your hearts for, to come along and, and what He's doing. And I, I just want to say from the start that when the Holy Spirit works in our lives, um, it doesn't portray. He doesn't portray Himself. Maybe in the way that we would expect. Um, so this weekend, you know, just be open to that. You know, some people, when God is working in their lives, they cry, they laugh, um, and they do whatever. So please don't. It's not a spectator sport. Um, so if, if if God is doing stuff and, and people are crying or or laughing or whatever, um, please don't sit and watch. You know, it, it's God is doing a work in them. And some people have this great urge to chat. Uh, one thing that I have found is that young people. Uh, when, when God, really think I have this real urge to chat at 2am okay, that is no exaggeration that is genuinely the time that I have spent with young people the most is sitting at 2am when I just want to go to sleep because that's just when they really need to talk so um, Robin has volunteered for that shift, if anybody uh, <laughs> feels, feels the spirit leading them. but no seriously guys, all weekend um, we're here, if you want to chat it doesn't matter what time it is um, you know, if, if God is leading you if it's very clear that God's not leading you, and you just want us to be awake. We will tell you that, okay? And um, so, yeah, um, we're going to do a lot of response stuff over the weekend as well. And um, some of you guys might not be used to that. Um, so again, it's up to you. You know, I know that you're here with friends. I know that you're here with expectations. I know that you're here with baggage and things that you're used to how church works. Um, leave all that at the door and just come in here fresh and, and ready to be different. Um, you know, and, and just respond in whatever way you want. So you know, if there's a call to respond, we may say, you know, come up a- and do something or where you are, do something. Don't be like sitting there going, yeah. Yeah, we really going to do this but she's not doing it and he's not doing it so I'm just going to sit here. You know, because you're going to miss out, okay? So don't don't copy your friends, be your own person um, and, and really, really listen to what God is saying. And this weekend we're here simply um, to facilitate you meeting with God. So do take some time in the prayer room. Do if stuff is connected with you, go and chat to the people um, and see how we can do that and see how we can move forward. So we're going we're to kick straight in. Um, we're going to start with Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. For those of you that brought a Bible with you, that is great. You can look that up. This is from the message, though, so it's going to be different. Um, but feel free to look it up and follow it through. I'm so excited to hear uh, lots of whispers of, I forgot my Bible. But, uh, yeah, that's great it's upstairs it's encouraging okay no it's fine i'm gonna read really quickly okay so uh, colossians 1 uh, 27 28 the mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time but now it's out in the open god wanted everyone not just the jews to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out regardless of their background regardless of their religious standing the mystery in a nutshell is just this christ is in you so therefore you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. This is the substance of our message. We preach Christ. Warning people not to add to the message, we teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person to maturity. To be mature is to be basic. Christ, no more, no less. That's what I'm working so hard day after day, year after year, Doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me. When I read that verse, um, I thought that really sums up exactly uh, what we're trying to do here this weekend. That really sets the tone um, for what what God is trying to do, what we want to do this weekend, where we want to go with this. Um, We want this to be a space for you to take time out, to listen to God, to hear from him, to have an encounter with him, maybe for the first time, maybe for the 100th time, and to come to know him more, to come into a relationship with him okay everybody here has something they're passionate about okay so I want you to think I'm not going to ask you to tell me what they are because we don't have time for that but I want you to think about something that you're passionate about okay for some of you it's eating okay for some of you animals for some of you it's football for some of you it's sleeping for me it's napping and okay everybody has a passion all right and one of the things that i probably the thing that i am the most passionate about um is jesus okay um, i am passionate about jesus and i will do anything i can um, to share the gospel with people um, whether they want to hear it or not sometimes um, and that's something that has taken me time it's something that i have gone on a journey for and um, and it's interesting um, and, and and generally I have I have non Christian friends, surprise, surprise. Um and, and, and sometimes they will be like you literally will turn anything around to talk about God and I'm like, Yes, because I'm passionate about Jesus. Um I'm also passionate about young people. Um I hope that some of you have maybe realised that Um and I am one of these people who when somebody slags you off, gets up on the soapbox and basically tells them all um, and says no. No, they're not all stupid and drunk and hanging around the streets at night and and, and stands up for for young people. So that's something I'm really passionate about. I'm really passionate about helping and supporting young people. And most importantly, I'm passionate about helping young people encounter and fall in love with Jesus to the point where they are totally sold out for him. So somebody asked me once before, what does that mean? And for me, that means meeting you wherever you are and helping you meet with Jesus. It means at 2 a.m. in the morning and helping you connect and understand what God is doing in your life. You know, it means um, going to events and being there at the crack of dawn and facilitating that event and then leaving late at night just to help young people have an encounter with Jesus. Whatever I can do to help young people encounter and fall in love with Jesus, I will be there. But it wasn't always like that. Like I said at the start, it wasn't always like that. That was something that God did and worked through me. For me, understanding and growing in my faith was a real struggle. It was something that I didn't really understand. I didn't really know how it would work. I didn't really grasp how, how to do that. Um, because I had stuff going on inside that, that I couldn't see how God loved me enough to get through it, that I could forget about it to move forward. Does that make sense? I couldn't see how my hurt and my feelings could take me to a place where God would love me enough to have me as his child. And I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I went to church. I taught Sunday school from when I was 13. But I wasn't a Christian because I didn't fully understand. I hadn't made a commitment but it was what you did. And for me it was that stuff that I had going on that I didn't really want to give up. You know, I had stuff in my life that I kind of knew it wasn't right, it wasn't how a child of God should behave, but I didn't want to give that up. I wanted to keep it, and I couldn't understand how God could want me in spite of that. And that verse in Colossians that we read there, it, it tells it so simply, you know, God wants everyone, and that includes you. That includes every single person sitting in this room. Um. And for most of you that know me really well I've probably already shared with you my real dislike and hatred of reading okay I cannot imagine anything worse than having to sit down and read a book I do not honestly know how I got a degree Google was great don't do that though um I hear i just I just can't I can't find any anything good about it I just I just I really Shut up. <laughs> um and I will do anything to get out of having to um, should I rather than reading four pages have to sit and watch a two and a half hour film to understand I will do it I just I just don't like it and for me that was one of the first stumbling blocks in my faith was you know you're meant to read the Bible you're meant you know how do I do that because I can't I just can't do it and that was one of the first things that I had to help ask God for help with um, to help me and, and lead me and mould me through um, and you know as a Christian, that can be an issue because you know the Bible is there; it's your it's your guideline. But for somebody who, by this point, knew that God was calling me to work for a church, I was like, "How am I going to do this? I absolutely hate reading." And um, the Bible is a book, and you have to read that. And um, you know, and it was one of those things that I looked at and I struggled with, and I still do at times um, struggle with reading because I just I just can't um, get it. But the reason I'm telling you this is because when I, this really scared me because I I thought this was like five years ago this happened and I worked out, it was probably about 15 years ago I was just like, yeah it was 15 that was a long time ago Um, this book came out um, that I really 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 wanted to read Um, it it was for Christians and loads of people had spoken about it um, and I really wanted to read it um, and it was called The Shack I don't know if anybody has read this book no, has anybody seen the film? one person and um, Ignore the coloured sticky dots there from me preparing for this not from actually when I read it. Um, so for me one of the things I really wanted to try and read this because I knew this was going to help me understand um, a wee bit about how God can love me through my hurt, how he can love me through my pain and how he can love me through my brokenness and the things that I do wrong. So I did. I diligently sat down and I made a point of reading it and I set myself a target and if we actually turn to page 104, you can see where I got to. <laughs> I didn't progress past page 104, and that's so bad. I personally am really impressed I got to page 104, but that's another story. And actually, when I looked at what is on page 105, that's where it gets good. So that's the really good message. Um, so you can Im- so I, I haven't done that, so obviously that's been on my mind for 15 years, I want to finish this. Um, so you can imagine how overjoyed I was last year when they made it into a film. Okay, I got to sit down and I got to watch the book instead of having to read it. Um, when I was watching the film, it was very right about the same time we were talking about the youth weekend, that I thought, you know what, this is the perfect theme for what we want to do. Um, this book portrays so many different things that we need to do. The strap line on it is um, where tragedy confronts eternity. and i was going to try and give you a 60 minute rundown of the film a bit like what courtney did to get you all here um, but <laughs> i she had 30 seconds i had six i was going to give myself 60 but i thought no do you know what i'm not any good at that so we're going to actually show you the trailer and then i'm going to come back and pick up a wee bit car leaves in 20
1: seconds we gotta go Alright, Princess should have a red dress like mine.
2: Red right, it is. Where's Missy? Missy! Where's Missy? Sorry, Mac, they haven't seen her. Missy! Missy! I was scared. I didn't know what to do.
1: Hospital suspect exciting. Ground teams found the truck in the mountains. I'm really sorry, Mr. Phillips. You want some help over there? I'm okay. How some dinner
2: tonight? Maybe next time.
1: I'm sorry. I'm so sorry.
2: We've lost so much already. I don't want to lose you two. The letter showed up in my mailbox. With no tracks in the snow. You're not thinking about going back there, are you? I gotta do something. You know this isn't a good idea. It's crazy. This is all I got.
1: the fire going inside if you want to warm up
2: mackenzie allen phillips i've been looking forward to this do i know you
1: not very well but we can work on that this is incredible he's still having a hard time believing this is real why did you bring me here there's no easy answer that'll
0: take your pain away
2: where were you when i needed you i never left. Ain't it just like a tear To go and You want me to forgive him I want him to hurt Like he hurt me You want the promise of a pain-free life there isn't one
1: You can do this I can't But on your own, you can. This is your flying lesson Keep your eyes on me.
0: so it gives you a little snapshot um of what what the film was about uh, basically, the film is centered around this guy called Mac um, who brought up a Christian home. Different things happened um, to him through church and stuff that he basically over time started to become quite apathetic about his faith um and just turned up at church uh His wife then has to work um for the weekend and he takes his three kids um away camping um On the last day when they're getting ready to pack up and come home, um, his two eldest kids are out canoeing on the lake and the boat tips and the eldest son is trapped under the boat. And he rushes down um, to try and help them. Eventually, they get him out and he gets the two kids out and they walk back up to the campsite and his youngest daughter is gone. She's been kidnapped and murdered and he blames God. And the whole film, then, is, is his journey. He goes to this place called The Shack. And there he meets God, who is a big black woman. And uh, there's a whole reason for that, um, which is explained in the film. Um, and actually, she changes she changes appearance three or four times because uh, that's explained, but it's important to watch it. And um, He also meets Jesus, and he meets the Holy Spirit as well. Um, and while he's there, uh, God talks him through his pain, through the things that have been stopping him living out his faith and living out his true destiny in Christ. And it's through his time at the shack that he begins to understand and really realize um, who, who Jesus is um, and the important truths that are there um, to help him understand the things that have happened. Um, and, and then eventually it changes his life um, and the way it happens. That, you know, understanding that. God is there in all the times. Um, But I don't want to go too much into that because that sort of takes away from from the rest of the weekend. It's a great film. Um, If you haven't watched it, I would really encourage you to watch it. Um, And I know even for me, I learnt a lot out of it. I've now watched it three times and every time I have learnt something different. Um, It's just a really good portrayal of understanding where God is um, in the times that we're hurting. And I suppose we can all relate to Mac in some sense. While we may not have had something horrific like a child being kidnapped and murdered on us, we have things in our life that have happened that we allow to put a block or things that we think God will want to use to block us from being with him. Things that stop us from growing in faith, things that stop us developing and living a life with him. And this weekend, We are going to go on a journey. We're going to explore some of those themes um, that are portrayed in that film. And one of the things that that comes out of it is that he has to allow himself to be open. And tonight, that's what we want to encourage you to do. We want to encourage you um, to be open and to listen uh, to what God is saying. To no longer just act like someone who loves Jesus, but to actually allow him into your life to do a powerful um, work that only God can do. Um, The book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 10, tells us, Now God has us where he wants us, with all the time in this world and the next, to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea, and it's all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that what we'd done was done by us, the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both, the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work that he does and the good work that he has gotten ready for us to do, work that we had better be doing. God has us and he wants to mould us and he wants to use us. He wants to save us and it's up to us if we're going to let him. And for for us to allow God to shape us we have to be open. And Isaiah chapter 64 verse 8 says, But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are our potmaker. All of us are the work of your hand. And the Bible tells us several times um, that we are like pots of clay, a bit like a pot of Play-Doh. Okay? I heard somebody really confused earlier as to why we had a pot of Play-Doh. A pot of Play-Doh that I really am struggling to open. Um, and God is shaping us and molding us like we can mold this. But as humans, we don't like that. We don't like it because at times it means that we will be squeezed to be the way he wants us to be, that we will be stretched, that we will have to change from the way we want it to be to be the way that God wants us to be. He pushes out the bits that he doesn't want, and that can be tough, and that can be hard for us, but it's worth it. At times it will feel like he has squeezed us beyond all we can cope with. He is just shaping us to be better and to be the way that He wants us to be. God has made us in His image. Every single one of us is made in His image. He calls us to be His. And for me, I know that in those times where God was shaping me, was trying to push things out of my life that I didn't want, or that He didn't want to be there, but that I wanted to be there that I clung on really tight. I clung on to those hurts because actually if I let them go, they have become so much of who I am. Who am I going to be? You know, I, I clung on to friends that I knew weren't right for me because who was I going to have around me if I didn't have them? But the truth is that God will shape it. God will call it. And if God is in it, then he will bring it out for his good. You know, I know that when when I really felt that God was calling me to ministry, that I really, really didn't want to do it, and I ran so far in the other direction. Um, I don't know how I could have gone any further. But he came after me, and he pursued me. And I said, I remember saying to him, you know, God, if you want this, you're going to have to show me how I can do it. And he did through people. He brought people into my life. I would have randomly met friends in the street and they would have said, I was praying and I really feel that this verse is free. And I was like, What? And time and time and time again, from different people that I'd never spoke that hadn't spoken, some of them didn't even know each other, I was getting the same verses over and over again about how God had called and anointed me, that He was going to do the work that I didn't need to worry. He was moulding me and shaping me bit by bit. He started to bring people in to my life to take to help me get away from the things that I didn't want that he didn't want to be there. When I stuffed up, he just smoothed it out and helped me to change, and that was painful at times. And, and but he did it, you know. And even even recently, um, God is still working. He's still he's still changing stuff, and I still get it wrong. Um, but there's times where you just have to trust in God. Um, most of you know that I lost my job a few weeks ago, um, and that was a very, very difficult time. And this time last year, I had, I had been made redundant from a job because our politicians decided they wanted to go on a permanent holiday and still get paid for it. Um, so <laughs> all the money in <laughs> the service was cut, and that's a whole other story. Um, and I spent six months unemployed. In those six months... <laughs> I freaked out. I panicked. I didn't know what I was meant to do. At times I kind of did drift away from God a wee bit, even though I knew that he was there. I had friends still coming and telling me stuff. and, And deep, deep, deep down in my heart, I knew that he had it. I knew that he was in control. But on the surface, it was quite difficult at times because my flesh, my own person kept trying to say, no, that doesn't make sense. For six months, I was unemployed. Um, I got way bits of casual work from friends. Um, but in those six months, I kept my house. I kept my car. I was still able to go out. I went on holiday to America. I didn't want for anything because God provided. And He was shaping me and showing me. I had no money coming in, but God provided for me. And for me, I was just really like, what? And that helped me to realize even deeper who he was. And it was a difficult time. Um, It was a very painful time. Um, And and friends that walked through that will tell you that. Um, And then just before Christmas, uh, when I was told that this was potentially gonna happen again, because you know, that's the best time to do it with someone just before Christmas. Um, It was very difficult and I just straight away, I fell on my knees and I just said, God, you know what? Whatever happens, you've got this. And it was from that time before where he had pressed and pushed and helped me that I was able to understand and apply that the next time. Now, I, still, I did still freak out at times, but I knew that he was in it. And people were coming to me and going, why are you not panicking, why are you not freaking out? And I was like, God's got it sorted. And he did. God will not let us down. I was sacked at quarter to five on a Thursday afternoon. At half past five, I got a new job. It can only be God. He was there and he knows how it works. And he wants us to prosper us. But is it up to us as to whether or not in those difficult times, do we allow him in? Do we allow him to squeeze and press and push out those things that we really want to cling on to those friends those things that we do those things that we say the way that we talk do we want to allow him to push those out to make him to make us into the image of him that he wants us to be he wants us to be perfect we are made in his image and that's the way he wants us to be and like i said at times we take the wrong path we hang around with the wrong people we say the wrong thing things get distorted and that image of who we are changes and we no longer look like God wanted us to but he won't abandon you instead just like that potter starts with a pot he will start again and he will shape us and he will keep doing that time and time and time again because he knows that we're not perfect but we are his children and he wants us and he will keep reshaping us And what does it mean, though, for God to allow God in, to allow him to chip out the parts that he doesn't want? What does that mean for us? You know, are we literally going to wake up in the morning and half an arm is going to be lying on the bed beside us? I really hope not. Um, but what does that mean? How does that look? You know, it's going to be uncomfortable. We know that. But it will be worth it. Um, and I thought, how can I explain this to these guys as I you know, begin to bring this together? Um, and there's a video that I'm going to show. Um, So watch it, take it in. It's good, Um, yeah, and then we're gonna respond. Spelling circle of multicolored death money.
2: Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso, it's like, (laughs) but I want to be his masterpiece. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, dear heavenly father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your son make me your masterpiece in Jesus name I pray,
1: amen. Hi. Whoa, who are you? I'm God, you said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am, you said the prayer, that's how it works. <laughs> okay, okay, if you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what, I really don't wanna make it snow in here cause it'd get kinda yucky.
2: Yeah, you're not God.
1: Why do you say that?
2: God wouldn't say yucky.
1: I do, it's a Greek word. Okay, okay. Um, If you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh.
2: Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year?
1: I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. Well, gave it away.
2: You answered my question with a
1: question. I did? (laughs) Yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. (laughs) Step right up. Here we go. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you into my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, OK. Got it. Yep. Wait, wait. What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. OK. Yep. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. OK. Oh, hang on. Mm-hmm. How do you know
2: what to chisel away and what to leave?
1: be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not for me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me, I don't take time to make junk.
2: is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece.
0: So what are we going to do now? What was God saying to you? What would be on your letter to God? Do you want to be the pile of stuff that's just there being tossed about? Or do you want to be created into God's masterpiece and allowing him to mold you? Right now, can you hear God saying that he loves you? Do you believe it?